Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. I am, of course, your host, Marcus Nez. Don't have too much to talk about. Uh, there's some streaming news I want to get to, but there is a Patreon question about my streaming career and what have you that would be a better place to talk about all that. So I'll leave that until the end of the show when I'm answering the Patreon questions and all that jazz. But it's been a pretty light, I always want to say week, but since there are two episodes or that this show comes out on Tuesdays and Fridays, I can't really say on this week's episode or what have you, because there's, there's two episodes this week. Which episode this week am I talking about? Ha, 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 ha. So, yeah, it's been pretty light since Friday, though. Haven't done all that much. Just been working on healing my back, letting it heal more accurately, more apt. And just being mindful of all that and, and not stressing myself out too much, not putting stress on my back and not exercising or lifting in any way, which is very difficult for me as someone who is body dysmorphic and looks at not exercising and the like as a, a way for me to immediately just get even uglier than I already feel like I am. So that's fun. But gotta do what you gotta do. Listen to your body. When it's saying I hurt, let me heal. You've got to be like, okay, you know better than I do. I'm gonna let you heal. But yeah. I am not in <laughs> the best uh, state of mind to be recording this. So we're just going to get to it. Uh, in terms of what I've been watching, not really all that much. I am continuing my journey with Star Trek The Next Generation. I've hit season three. I'm about eight or so episodes deep now. And it's fine. I have yet to see an episode or else I'm forgetting one or two of them. But at the same time, if I'm forgetting one that was supposed to be really, really good or multiple, it just means that they didn't work for me. They didn't hit that hard for me. But as much as season three is said to be the point where the next generation gets really, really good, and the first two seasons are rough and you got to get through them to get to the good, which starts with season three and continues with season four and maybe also five. And then six and seven aren't that great either. Uh, I think it's something like that. I know at least three and four are looked upon as the high marks for the series. Nothing stands out. There, there was no episode so far in season three where I was like, yeah, man, I, I get it now. It feels... More so like a continuation of season two and, and just being fine. Season two was fine. It wasn't bad like season one. It was fine and it had some great episodes in it. Measure of a Man is part of season two and there has not been a Measure of a Man episode in season three yet. And, you know, I, I, I just don't know what to expect at this point. I do know that for sure, for sure, there's no shot in hell TNG is going to top TOS for me in terms of which series I like better. I was already pretty confident, but now I'm absolutely sure that that's not going to happen. One of the things that hurts the next generation is Wesley. 
I don't know how many times I have to beat that point across, but just his presence alone is annoying. He's not as bad now as he was early on, but still just this super smart fucking genius kid is an annoying character, annoying character type, and I don't like him, okay? I don't like either that Pulaski, who seemed to be a somewhat interesting character who could go places, was just completely thrown out the window in favor of bringing back Crusher, the, the mother doctor. I like Crusher. I like Dr. Crusher. She's a good character. She's also someone who has a special relationship with Picard, which they really haven't explored or teased at all in season three so far. Not the way they were in the first season where it's just like, oh my God, will you two just fucking get a room and fuck already? None of that yet. They have some nice bits of banter, but nothing, nothing too crazy. But I don't like the fact that they just, they just got rid of Pulaski. They didn't give her any kind of send off or end her story. Like she just wasn't there. Season three started and I'm like, oh, she's just gone and Crusher's back. Cool. I guess maybe the fans were very vocal about not wanting Pulaski and wanting the fucking cock tease that is Crusher because they like seeing that will they or won't they crap. Or maybe the cast, I, I don't know. I think I read somewhere that, I was going to call him Picard, but Patrick Stewart wanted the actress back and the character of Crusher back probably because there was more of a dynamic there between those two characters and Pulaski was more... Not gray, but just there wasn't that personal connection between her and Picard the way there is with Crusher and all that. And you also then are able to have the mother-son relationship and explore that. But, you know, it's fine. It's fine. But it's, it's no TOS. Speaking of TUS, though, I did finally watch one of the movies. Of course, I watched the first one first, because why wouldn't I watch the first one first, a.k.a. Star Trek The Motion Picture? And I did watch the director's cut, or I, I think it's just called the director's cut, which is exclusive to Paramount Plus, or if you get the latest release on Blu-ray and UHD, you can watch it there as well. And I never watched the original version so I can't compare it and then how the director's cut might be different I think it's a bit longer and in that regard it's probably worse because holy shit Star Trek the motion picture is a bad 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 movie it is super long and drawn out paced horribly after I watched it within a minute of finishing it I had no idea what the fuck I watched I don't know what the hell the story was the story was there's this fucking woman alien thing who's in the ship she's the embodiment of the ship or whatever and the dude from what party of five or not part he's like from seventh heaven maybe the father <laughs> one of those kind of shows he in his young acting days he like fucking joins them and they become one there's some shit like that happening but more so than anything it is just an incredibly self-indulgent 
oh my God, coming on the fucking face of Trekkie fans everywhere. It is 100% a movie I am sure Trekkies love the shit out of because there are moments where they spend five minutes just slowly panning over various sections of the... It's not the Enterprise. What the hell is the name of... I don't... Whatever. The ship and all that. I'm just like, holy shit, man. I don't need to see this fucking... Just let's get it. Let's get on with it, all right? Let's just fucking tell a story. I don't need all these fucking glory shots of the ship or this or that. It's just... It was so fucking long. It felt even longer. I mean, it's not that long. It just feels like a four-hour movie. It's a two-hour movie that feels like four. It's bad. It's really, 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 really bad. And I, the, 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 the most glaring thing is just the fact that when I was watching it and when I finished, I just I did not know what the point of any of it was, what the fuck was going on. Spock is fucking they don't know what's going I just don't know what the fuck happened in the movie and I don't fucking care so yeah if you're a trick I'm sure you love the shit out of it good for you but if you're a normal human being you're able to take off the fucking cum goggles and, and see it for what it is and that is a bad movie but that's pretty much it in terms of what I've been watching I haven't really watched anything else so let's just get on to what I've been playing, hit the Patreon questions, and call it a day. I'm sorry, Trekkies everywhere. I'm sorry that I don't like your fucking glory movie. Fucking Jesus Christ. But uh, first up is River City Girls Zero. And I, I think I may be like a lot of people in wrongly, incorrectly assuming this was a new game, when in actuality it is a re-release or the first domestic US outside of Japan etc release of the 16-bit game the Super Famicom game that inspired River City Girls uh, so this is a Kunio Kun game and not a River City Girls game really and it's nice to have it and have it translated and all that but it's a bad game it's immediately just infuriating. The hit detection, the way in which you are trying to hit an enemy and then they just fucking destroy you or you're punching an enemy, but then they're able to counter you before you can get another part of your combo in and fucking wail on you because they're so much faster than you. It just feels horrible to play. It isn't fun. There is a surprising amount of talking in it too, very early on at least. I just had a horrible, horrible, horrible time with it. I think one of the most important things with any beat-em-up is for you, when you are attacking an enemy, there there be a large enough window so that there's never any concern about... If you're just fighting one enemy, one-on-one, -on -one, when you punch them, they should be stunned long enough for you to continue that combo without any concern or worry that they'll be able to immediately counter you with a rapid succession of punches and kicks and knock you to the ground that's not the case in river city girl zero the enemies are able to fucking counter you so fast and i don't know if it's just 
the inherent input latency of modern consoles and whatnot, but I rarely could get in combos fast enough to attack an enemy fast enough to keep them from doing their counter. And when they countered, holy shit, they fucking punched and kicked so much faster than I did. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And I was just getting destroyed. I, I, I was able to progress, but I, I kept taking so much more damage than I should, especially right at the start of a game. You know, it, it's, it's nice to have the game as, as a type of preservation thing. And it's just, you know, I like seeing this game localized and all that. I think it's good that it exists. But at the same time, it's not fun to play. So, you know, your mileage will vary. How much do you care about? I, I the, the funnest part of the experience for me is the way in which they tie it into the River City Girls game, which I appreciate more, even though that game frustrated the shit out of me. It didn't frustrate me like this. But having the little stuff at the beginning, and I'm sure at the end of the game, where they tie in the River City Girls game and universe characters, etc. is nice. The way it works is, you know, traditional beat em up fair. You have your punch, kick, back attack, jump. You have two special attacks. And you are able to switch between the two main dudes on the fly. Uh, it's just an additional health bar, essentially. I think later down the line, you'll be able to switch in the River City Girls 2. They, they show up or something or other. I, I don't know exactly how it's going to work. Uh, but it, uh, And I don't know because I didn't play that much of it because of how unenjoyable it was and can't stress that enough it was a miserable miserable time but uh i'm still hopeful for river city girls 2 and hoping that they're able to better balance that game out and make it a more overall enjoyable game than the first game was which had its moments had a lot of strong points of course the art is fantastic the music is fantastic the title screen music here the title screen song pretty fun it's, it's not River City Girls level of fucking, this is some good ass shit. But it's it's some pretty good. It's like, it's like solid pee-pee. I know you don't want your pee-pee to be solid. I mean, you want your ding-dong to be solid when you're getting ready to go do your thing. But uh, you don't want the the liquid pee that comes out of your, your, your ding-dong or, you know, if you're a lady, you're not ding-dong. You you don't want the pee to be solid. If, if the pee is solid, you got a problem. I don't even know if there's any kind of illness where pee is solid. I mean, kidney stones are a thing, but not like just, you know, poo coming out of your pee-pee hole. Uh, <laughs> but that's River City Girls Zero. A game I didn't first, or I, I didn't, know what it was i thought it was a different thing and when i started playing it i'm like oh this this could be cool and then when i was given controls and thrown into the action I'm like this isn't cool i don't like this let's let's skip this well let's give me the sequel to river city girls instead please i don't want zero give me two 
because uh, zero is in fact number two. And I want number two because number two will not be number two. And I'm talking about poo. Then we have Unexplored 2, The Wayfarer's Legacy, which is a roguelite. And it's, <laughs> it's very story-centric. It's pushing that a lot. And it wants to really engross you in the world and the characters within it, the story. You have this staff that you have to take to Haven at, at the get-go. You're able to freely explore. The, the problem with the game is that it's structured like a more traditional roguelike with a top-down, maybe slightly isometric viewpoint. The first game I remember being incredibly ugly. And I'll say that at least with uh, Unexplored 2, the art style, the aesthetic is a lot more pleasing. There's a lot more variety. Like it's, it's a very pleasant game to look at. But the way it's structured is weird because it is very narrative-centric and story-centric. And when you are thrown into the world and playing it like a traditional game, you have a sword and shield. You can you can have other weapons as well. You can have two daggers. You can throw the daggers. You can adjust your loadout as you find new weapons. At the very beginning, when you are creating your character, your options are limited until you unlock more through various playthroughs. And one of the things about the game is that your additional playthroughs are happening in the same world and space so things you do in one run will have an effect on your next run which is a cool thing and there are a lot of cool ideas here and i, I like some of the rng aspects of the game when dealing with dialogue or little encounters in the world so if you come across a really thick thorny field to get through it, you can initiate a dialogue essentially with the thorns, with the brush, and use some of your chance tokens or whatever to get through it successfully. And it may work, it may not, it may kind of work or fully work, etc. And I think that that aspect of the game works out well. But the combat. One, the combat feels horrible. It's really clunky. There's not a lot of weight to it. It's slow. It just isn't fun. And I don't think that's much of a concern to the developers because the game even says, you know, really you shouldn't engage with combat because you're not really going to get anything out of it. You're not going to get loot from it. You, you get loot by exploring the world and finding it in chess or whatnot. Or, uh, whatnot. And combat is something that, in many instances, you shouldn't really engage with. It's better to just run away. And reading that, I was like, okay, I guess. But, I mean, it's there, right? And, I like, there's got to be some point to it. I could not find a point to it. And... 
that that right there because the exploring part of the game going around the, the areas exploring the world because you also have an overworld map where you traverse uh the world and then you are able to explore areas uh more closely it's fine but it, it's it doesn't seem like it's adding much to it and, and part of the problem is that the game is reminiscent somewhat of more or not more recent but recent narrative centric games like four tales and road warden which are both these rogue likey type games that are story centric but are structured in four tales case a more unique way and then with road war in a very very traditional way but those games know what they're trying to do and just go hard with them and, and do a really good job also the writing is way better in both of those games and the characters like everything about those games is far more interesting and feels more thought out whereas unexplored 2 feels like a game that is in still or is still in need of some fine tuning but like it's just it's frustrating because i can see some good there it also at least on the xbox can be really really framey at times the performance is incredibly inconsistent and excruciating to play for seemingly no reason like there, there's no indicator to why it runs poorly in one area and doesn't in another because there's there's not like uh it's not like if there's a very dense area, it starts to run poorly or uh, an area full of a lot of care. Like it just, sometimes it runs like shit. Sometimes it doesn't where it's just super, super, super choppy and feels like it's running at 15 frames per second or some shit. And other times there's just really smooth. I, I don't know what the fuck's going on there. Um, but it's a frustrating experience and one that I think it, it doesn't need to be set up the way it is. I wish it was more more like Road Warden where it was all text-based or something like that because the actual gameplay bits where you're in direct control feel a lot more hollow and empty. And I enjoy the game most when I am in dialogue or doing something of that elk, getting little bits of the story. When I'm actually playing the game, it's not that fun or interesting. Just going around these worlds, avoiding combat as much as you can, 100% if you can, avoiding traps, and occasionally initiating RNG dialogue things that I, I like. I like the way that works, but it doesn't need to be as part of a, a traditionally handling game or whatever. It's just, it, it, it it's, it's just not, it's just not there. It, 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 it's not a good time. So uh, yeah, a bit disappointing there, especially, I think the fact that we've gotten games that are similar-ish very recently does, no favors for it either. And the last game I played is Maggie, 
the magnet. And this is a simple little puzzle game where you are a magnet and you are using another magnet that's in the world to propel yourself within each level. And the other magnet will sometimes be moving around. You'll be able to turn a switch on at times to get it to move around. And you're just trying to use your momentum, the magnetism, etc., to fling yourself around the space. It's one button, a one button game, I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to think if there were any other controls because really you're just using your magnetism button and then the rest of the controls are like you can just freely skip between levels you just press the bumpers i think and you can go back a level or forward a level and one of the other face buttons changes the palette and the music that you're hearing but it's a very very simple game where you use magnetism and momentum to fling yourself around the space there will be little bars that you want to go through to progress to the next level and three bolts or whatever they are in each level to collect to complete them you don't need to collect them to complete the level but it's you know to, to get a hundred percent of a level etc and it's i mean it's a five dollar game get yourself some easy achievements and you have a good time huh? it's not a game that you'll Put too much time into it's a game you'll probably play for one session you'll get your fix you'll get your fill of it and you'll be satisfied you know nothing nothing too crazy nothing too crazy but that's it in terms of what i've been playing really outside of uh starting Baldur's gate dark alliance for second runs which uh has been somewhat of a disappointing experience uh, I, you know, I'll leave that to the second runs, but uh, I, I am happy. At <laughs> the one frustrating thing I'll, I'll mention here is that it's just one in, in the case of Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, it's annoying how little work was put into that remaster and how little like it's just whatever they they turn on anti aliasing and call it a day pretty much is how it seems. Why they couldn't add online co op? Come on, you're charging $30 for the fucking thing. For a fucking PlayStation 2 game. And you couldn't add online co-op. You couldn't add the ability to change difficulty after you've started the game. <laughs> what the fuck? Come on. Come on. But uh, let us get on to Patreon questions, alright? Let us get on to Patreon questions. Because this is just... This is a mess of a show. This is a... My mind... From last night's stream, which I'll get to shortly as I answer the question, is uh, not... Uh, <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So, uh, from... Enchi. I'm trying to find where the things were. Uh, where the, the last week's episodes, the last episode's questions ended and this episode's questions began. But, uh, Enchi... What abandoned game franchise would you like to see revived and what dev team would you want to see make it? Quote, franchise, unquote, could also just be a game you'd like to see a sequel to. So, the game that I would love to see either remade or get a sequel to, but uh, 
probably more so remade because I feel like he'd have to remake it and then see how that is received before just giving us a sequel to that is Jade Empire. I have talked about this game a lot. It is my... It was my favorite Bioware game because I did revisit it for potential second runs and I, I got a fair amount through it, but what I realized upon revisiting it when I did was that the gameplay is not as good as I remember. And I think it's because Bioware, especially back then, you know, they've gotten a little bit better, but they've never been the best at gameplay. They're very they're very much a story-centric studio and are good at that side of things. Uh, in the same way that Naughty Dog is, is much better at story and set pieces, character, etc. And hasn't been as good with gameplay. They've apparently gotten, you know, they, they, they get better uh, with time. And apparently The Last of Us Part 2 is supposed to be very good, you know, in terms of gameplay. I have yet to play it. But I would love to see a new Jade Empire... The tricky thing is who I'd want to develop it. And it's tricky because there aren't many studios out there who are able to deliver a game story-wise in the structure of a Mass Effect type of game or a Bioware type game where you have this expansive world and all these branching past side missions, these great dialogue trees and all that relationships that you build over time so i'd kind of want to see it made in conjunction like i'd want bioware to still handle the story and all that but in terms of gameplay i'd love to see ninja theory handle that and if i could only have one studio making it then i would want ninja theory to make it because i i look at something like enslaved and i really liked the story in that the ending was you know and, and and whatnot but as far as a studio that i think would be the best overall fit for it i'd really love to see ninja theory make a new jade empire game or remake jade empire because i love that setting and i i, I don't think we get enough of those games especially back then it was such a kind of revelation and I was sick of just sci-fi this, sci-fi that. And it was also nice getting something original as opposed to just here's a Star Wars game. And then with Mass Effect, when they went to that, here's a Star Trek Star Wars game that just is our own world instead this time. Or, or Dragon Age, which I love. I love especially the first Dragon Age, but that is just... Here's some fantasy shit where we get a whole bunch of fantasy shit all over the place. I really wish Bioware would return to Jade Empire, but I have no confidence in them to make the gameplay good. And that's why, you know, I'd like to see, I'd li I would ideally Bioware and Jethari it up. Make it Xbox exclusive. So, you know, let, let Sony continue having its 
nice old Republic remake whenever that game fucking comes out. If it ever comes out at this point, who the fuck knows what's going to happen with that. And then on the opposite end, Xbox gets Jaded Empire remake as an exclusive made by Bioware and Ninja Theory. That would be fucking amazing. I, w- I would love that. But yeah, that, that that's my answer. That's like always my go-to. I mean, sure, fucking it'd be cool to see another club. <laughs> but uh, an- another one, because I've talked about this recently, is Way of the Samurai. I'd love to see that brought back. Because I love those games. And I know that's not going to happen, but that would, that would be cool as well. Who who would make it? I just... The, the studio that was making them, they they were doing a good job with it, but I, I it's just those games weren't super popular. I mean, not worldwide at least. And then from Lunchbox, we got what anime do you want to see adapted into something else that hasn't been already? Game, movie, comic, play, whatever. <laughs> I did. I did read the entirety of your question when you first posted at Lunchbox. A fucking play? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking. Okay. Okay, buddy. Um, The thing is, like, with a lot of anime, it it just, in terms of, like, a movie or a TV show, they just, they're so weird often that they work because they're animated and all that shit. And if you see them in live action, they just, it does not translate well. Something like The Great Passage, my favorite anime, would work perfectly as a live action show or movie because it is so basic. And a lot of slice of life anime would work because when you look at a lot of slice of life anime, in many cases, in many instances, unless they're very mystical, unless it's like a yokai centric slice of life, etc. It's it's more of a why is this why is this an anime than oh I can't see this anime being alive like it's the reverse thing but they work uh, Rakugo uh, Show Rakugo Shinju whatever the Rakugo Show uh, is another instance where it's like this would be fucking perfect as a live action show because it just it, it already feels like it feels more so like why is this an anime than I can't see this as a live action thing but thinking about it I should have maybe thought about this before I'm trying to think about something that would work as a game and something that I would really really want and and a game that isn't a fucking visual novel let's let's look over the Omni list because we've we've got the time. We've got the time. We've got the power. What would I want? Bacano could be a fun uh, but I don't know what kind of game you'd make. I'm trying to think if there's something specifically that because I also I don't want something that's already been done. 91 oh, see, like I now now I remember. Okay, I I know what I want. I know what I want. What I want is I just want a Dragon Ball game, not Dragon Ball Z. I just want a Dragon Ball game, a fun adventure game that it, like 
Because the thing about Dragon Ball and why I love it over Z and everything that came afterwards is because it is just a fun adventure story with great characters. And it's just, it's fun. It, it's more akin to Avatar, The Last Airbender, than what we get with Z, which is just about power levels and all this fucking horse shit and just fucking screaming your air off until you fucking have your hair turn gold and yellow and you just punch the shit out of each other. It's an adventure. And I'd love to see that made by the studio that made that Kina game or something of that ilk. Because that, that would be such a, a fucking good-ass time. It would be so good. You know, maybe Rare can make it. I don't know who. I don't know who would make it. I'm trying to think of who would make it. Because it, it would have to be kind of lengthy, kind of significant. Who could make that game? You know, fucking, fuck it. The Zelda team, make me a Dragon Ball game. There you go. Fuck off with Breath of the Wild 2, Tears of the fucking whatever. Make me a Dragon Ball game. Okay? We good? Okay, there we go. Or, or, no, no, fuck it. Just the Zelda team. Zelda team, make me that. Is there any other studio? Sonic Frontiers team. No, Zelda. Zelda. Nintendo Zelda, whatever they're called. Then the last question is from Jedi. What prompted you to start streaming? So what prompted me to start streaming? It was just me looking at a way to try and get out of my shell a bit. To get more comfortable with myself. To explore, to experiment. To see what it was like. To see if I could do it. And it's it's been tough from day one. It's still tough. And I talked about this during the stream last night. Last night being Monday the... What is today? The 19th. So Monday the 19th. And I, I don't know right now if I'm going to continue streaming how I'm going to do it maybe I only stream once a week maybe I do what I've said before where I only stream certain types of game like Apex or Hitman where I feel comfortable engaging with chat and that it's not distracting me from the game and taking away from the experience but streaming for me has always been really hard because of my issues with self my poor self image the history I have with abandonment and there's there's so many things that are against me in streaming and I'm not built for it. I don't have that type of personality realistically. But I wanted to try it. I wanted to see how, how it would work out. But I feel like at this point, having done it for over a year now... It just has shown me why I shouldn't really continue with it. it. It's just something that I'm continuing to struggle with finding the sweet spot for, for me. And right now, I just don't like... This is why I, I, I think this episode of the podcast has been a bit cloudy. And you've gotten a lot of cloudy 
talk for me and thoughts because my mind is currently just all over the place trying to think about this, that, and and whatnot, and where certain aspects of my content and whatnot are going to rest, and if I'm going to continue with certain things. I'm just looking at it, I'm like, should I, what, what's the point of me streaming? Like, realistically, what is the point? What value am I providing? What am I getting out of it? And would the time spent streaming be better off being put elsewhere, creating more edited content, etc., doing more shows or shorter clip things? Like maybe I, I I start not 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 returning to doing first, but you know when I'm playing a game and something ridiculous or crazy happens, I make a little video about that. Like. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I, I looked at my stream or when I was streaming yesterday. I was just thinking, should I still do like, wh why am I doing this? And that is a question I, I'm currently trying to answer. So I, I hope everyone is able to bear with me as i try and figure out all this crap i hope people enjoyed this particular episode of the podcast well enough i do apologize for the cloudy nature of it again uh, my mind my mind is a mess right now and it's just so full that it's hard to just in, I, in general, for me, I, I, I struggle at times to find the words. It, it's part of my reading comprehension issues and stuff like that, where there are things in my head and then getting them out is like, what the freaking frack? Holy crap. Didn't mean to rhyme there, but it did. Oh, I like it when that happens. But uh, yeah, I think my plan... If you're listening to this on the day it comes out right away, is to do what I would do normally when streaming today, tonight, without actually streaming it, and see how that feels. Because I may, I may actually be done with streaming, or potentially more likely stream once or twice a week, or just play by air when. I'm in between projects and just want to do a relaxing little stream chat and what have you, what not do an apex stream, do a hitman stream, do a stream with some game that I'm not playing for content creation reasons specifically. And we could just have fun, have chat interaction and maybe chat involvement in the game. Streets of Rogue, I've never streamed, but I think that would be really fun. And I, I, I'd like to start playing that game again, which is sort of like a top-down, simplistic from a visual standpoint, Hitman game. And in some ways, I kind of like it more than Hitman. There's a lot more variety since it is, there's a lot more randomness to it and the way it's structured in its roguey nature. But uh, yeah. 
I'm just currently, currently all over the place. So again, thank you for bearing with me, everyone, podcast listeners, podcast watchers, the handful of people who do partake in my streams and enjoy them. I apologize if I do end up ending and, and, and no longer streaming that much at all uh, or if all, at all. Uh, just just know that the reason why I was and, and have stuck with it so long is I could have quit a long, long time ago. The reason why, though, was because of y'all. I do appreciate the hell out of all those who have been a part of my streams and like, oh, are your feet fucking dirty, dude? I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this little fleshy dude and I'm like, oh my God, is there ink on your feet? No, there isn't. Um, but I do appreciate the hell out of you. And uh, with that, that will do it for this year episode of The Pixelated Sausage Show. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. Of course, if you are only a listener, you can watch this here show as well on the YouTubes. That is youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. It would be greatly appreciated if you would like, subscribe, and hit the bell if you haven't already. I, of course, already know you're not going to do that because you never do that, and that's fine. But I'll keep saying it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to guilt any of you into doing it. I'm just saying. I see the numbers, and I know y'all don't do it. But, uh, you know. It is what it is. I know I know how hard it is to fucking open YouTube and just click a video and then click like. I'm being a little I'm being a, I'm being a little sassy ass right there. But uh, you know, if you if you can find the time to like a video or two, subscribe and all that jazz, it it would be greatly appreciated. You have an extra second, you can also comment and all that jazz. But uh yeah, if I do continue streaming or if I am streaming seldomly now, uh, you know, not as much as I was, etc., whatever, it'll still all be on the YouTubes. So go there for streaming as well. And of course, if you'd like to check out any of the other links of import, you can go over to pixelatedsausage.com slash PXS to find them there. And if you enjoy any of the content I do and what have you you can go over to patreon.com slash pxs to support me and my nonsense that way if you support at the three dollar or higher tier you are able to ask me questions on the show like the questions asked by Enchi lunchbox and jedi and you also get approved status approved user status on the youtubes meaning you can comment and say whatever the fuck you want without any moderation i'm pretty sure that's how it works you can link to all your stuff and link to freaking horrible stuff just you know you can you could be a bad bad person probably but then if you if you if you do some bad stuff you're gonna lose i don't care if you're a patron you start spouting some nonsense i will gladly say no to your three dollars and uh no to you sir or ma'am or them uh but uh, yeah that is uh gonna do it for this here episode so again thank you for watching or listening i hope you enjoyed this episode as messy as it was i hope you did enjoy it to some extent 
Uh, thank you for putting up with me through all of this. Thank you, thank you. I've just so, so many thank yous, but I hope you enjoyed this here episode. And more so than anything, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. So for now, adios, arrivederci, bye.